This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success Podcast. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. I am fired up today. We have the world's leading expert in gifting. So uh, John Rulon is our guest. John, welcome to the show, my friend. Brett, thanks so much for having me, man. This is going to be a blast. Awesome. Well, uh, to my knowledge, I think you have one of the very few books, if not the only books, on gifting. And uh, I know we've known each other for a while now, and you do an amazing job of helping people. So what I want our listeners today to really get is... What is it like to be a good gifter? Uh, I know there's a lot of things that we do out there with our clients that maybe it, you know you get the box of chocolate around Christmas time or, or whatever it may be, and I know there's things you put your company logo on it and why that stuff's all wrong. So why don't you just tell us how you became the world's leading gifting uh, expert? Well, it's, uh, it didn't happen overnight. I've, I've been doing this for about 16 years, and it really didn't start as gifting. Um, I, I think a lot of times people, when they hear gifting, they like hit the snooze button like, what this doesn't really apply to my business. I think a lot of your guys are probably type A guys, but um, I was, I, if you go back 16 years ago, I interned with a company called Cutco, the knife company. And, you know, there's a million and a half guys that have come through their doors in the last 70 years, most of them college guys. Um, and fortunately, I was dating a girl at the time. Her dad was an attorney. And like a lot of businesses, his business was based on referrals. And he was a referral king. He was taking so much business in, he had to refer it out to other attorneys. And when you're poor, you're, I grew up on a farm, you notice when people are radically generous, and that's how he was. He was always giving things away, no strings attached. And so I remember pitching him the idea of giving away knives. I thought, well, he's always giving away stuff. Maybe he'd order pocket knives for all his clients. His, you know, they're CEOs of lumber companies and home builders and whatever else. And he got the little twinkle in his eye, and he's like, John, what about paring knives? Could we engrave those? And I'm like, you're going to give grown men paring knives? <laughs> like, that's, a, that's really weird, Paul. Like, I, I don't get it. And he said, uh, here's why. I find that when you take care of the family and business, everything else seems to take care of itself. So it was a light bulb moment for me. I started to realize it really wasn't about the knife or the gift or whatever else. And Paul understood the psychology of relationship building. And one of the reasons he was able to attract so many people was he, when he'd give a gift, he would include the wife oftentimes or the spouse or the assistant or the employees what I now call the inner circle. And so I started to teach people how to use gifting or generosity in a strategic way because most people are very reactionary givers. Hey, I got a referral. I should give a gift. Well, that's actually the worst time to give a gift because then it becomes a transaction. Like, you do this for me and then I do this for you, which doesn't deepen the relationship. So we started to apply these principles. As a college guy, I would, I would spend $200 on a carving set, which was miles, might as well have been $2 million as a college kid. But I would engrave the CEO's name, his wife's name, and their family name, and I'd put a little card inside, said, carve out five minutes for me. I promise it'll be worth your time. And I'd get the meeting. And he's 65 years old. I walk into the boardroom, and he's like, I, I thought you'd be like 50 years old, like a seasoned sales veteran. That was amazing. 
are you here to sell me knives? Like, this is, what are you here for? And I'm like, no, I'm here to help you do, and your thousand sales reps do the same thing I did to you, which is use generosity, gifting as the strategic advantage. And by the time I was a senior in college, I was Cutco's largest international distributor in the history of the company. And we started to land pro sports teams like the Cubs and NASCAR and, and get doors open as a farm boy from Ohio that you never – I never would have thought were even possible. Wow, that is really cool. And I know you, you get, we went to lunch one time, and, you, and next thing I know, a couple of days later, people in my office, my wife and I, we've got these knives, and I'm like, holy smokes. I'm like, that is really cool. And so I actually just used one this weekend. I was telling people about it. So it works, man. I think you're doing a great job with that stuff. So how do you, how do you get those? So you open the door. Tell us a cool story of a, of a gifting story that maybe you, you – I know there's one, I think, with a sauna – uh, that you gave to somebody. <laughs> if you want to share that story or one like it, why don't you tell us one of those? Yeah. Well, I think that um, most people, well, they're, they have, they're okay with picking up a bar tab for $500 at a conference. So they'll spend 50 or 100 or sometimes I have some clients that spend $3 million on a trade show or advertising budget or you know entertaining at conferences and whatever else. But most people don't gift like they mean it. And so most people's gifting budget is $20. And I'm like, when a relationship, when I look at the lifetime value of a relationship or the potential and it's in the millions of dollars, or even in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, or even let's say fifty thousand. I'm willing to reinvest on the front end, front end load it with a pretty significant amount. And so one of them, actually, John Lee Dumas, who's you know a friend, mutual friend or mentor of ours, um, he has a podcast. He has a million and a half downloads. And when I met him, we he was on a sh- you know he invited me on the show, and of course he he has a guest every single day. Right. And so I'm like, how can I stand out from the thousands of guests he's going to have? So when I have a book out or I have an interview. I just want him to be in my corner, not as like a guest, but as a buddy, as an advocate. And he mentioned, I mentioned my routine. Every morning I go and go, I have a sauna at my house and like I do this, this, this and sauna. And he's like, all I heard was blah, 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 sauna. And he, you know, of course his, his podcast is called EO on fire. And I'm like, fire, sauna, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I, I uh, looked online, found a place where I could order a sauna and had it drop ship to his house. Now, the funny part is he, he called me because I gave him a heads up with this wooden postcard that cost like $100, said, hey, here's the sauna's on its way to your house. He's like, John, I live in like in a two-bedroom apartment on the beach <laughs> in San Diego. He's like, the sauna would take up the whole room. One, he's like, I, I want the sauna, but I can't, I can't accept it yet. I said, well, it's, whenever you want a sauna to appear, you call me and a week later it'll appear. And he called me back an hour later and he's like, John, I'm from Maine and it sucks. The weather sucks in Maine. My dad would love a sauna. Can we do it? Can we give it to him? And I'm like, that's even better. Absolutely. So we redirected it, shipped it to his dad. And now, of course, every time he talks to his dad, he goes home. Guess what they do? They hang out in the sauna. So most people would be ticked. They're like, oh, it didn't make it to the decision maker. But in my mind, when you take care of that inner circle and it gives goes to somebody else that they care about, now it actually amplifies it 100 times over and it's actually way better. So, yeah, we send saunas to people, not every day, but on a pretty regular sure. basis. We do crazy stuff like that that most people think is insane, but their ROI, ROI is, is off the charts. So what's something that obviously if we're not going to be you know, sending that much money or spending that much money for saunas and stuff, what's, what's a typical business? I mean, you know my business and you know what we do. What, what's a typical business out there? What's a good idea? Um, talk about the logo versus no logo, things like that, dollar amounts. What are people should what should people be thinking? Yeah, so our rule of thumb on what you should invest is whatever you'd spend on a really nice dinner out with with wine, around a golf, a good golf course, 
or ball game tickets. So most of our gifts fall between $75 and $500 per gift. So it's not saunas and Louis Vuitton bags and, and Rolexes. It's things that are thoughtful, <clears throat> they're practical, they're meaningful, they include the spouse. So the knives, even to this day, 16 years later, I still blow, I, I sell so many knives, not because of the knife, but because of all the things around it. You talked about the logo. Most people are like, well, I'm gonna spend five grand this year on gifts or 50 grand or $5 million. Everybody in there think logically, they're like, well, we better put our logo on here. We better get some marketing out of this. Now, what they don't realize is there's a big difference between a promotional item and a, and a, and a gift. Like you'd never go to a wedding and engrave like compliments of Brett Gilliland on the Tiffany's visor giving to the couple. Like that'd be the cheesiest thing on the planet. But in business, everybody does it every day and they try to, they try to disguise it as a gift. It's not a gift. It's a promotional item. And when you give somebody a logoed item, and especially if they're an affluent client or an affluent prospect or even an affluent employee, nine times out of 10, those things go in the closet or they get regifted to Goodwill immediately because nobody wants to wear your logo the size of a softball in this jacket or whatever you're giving out. So we, I send, I send out about a quarter million dollars a year worth of gifts to clients, prospects, interesting people. I've been on airplanes. You will never see a gift from us that has ruling group on it ever. And because of that, people use it. And every time they use it subconsciously, they're reminded of where it came from because we don't give trinkets. When you give something world-class, even if it's a knife, people are blown away and they remember. And so does their spouse and they, it becomes a conversation piece. If you put your logo on it, game over. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it, it, I do it every time. I talk about John Rulin every time I pull out the knife. That's awesome. So you've got a proven process. You, you really talked about four steps is coming in, you evaluate, we create an action plan, you execute and you follow up. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, well, I think that most people are very reactionary when it comes to relationship building. And so they don't, they don't take the time. They say relationships matter. Like our employees are our most valuable relationship, our clients. But then they, they don't plan out what they're going to do. And so they have to evaluate, like, who are, the, who are my most important people? Could be 20 people, could be 200 people, could be 500 people. And if you don't take the time to evaluate and actually say, like, who are those people and write them down? Like, it's amazing. Even Fortune 500 companies where I'm like, who are the 100 people or the 100 or 1,000 relationships? Without them, you don't have a business. They're like, uh, well, we have a CRM. I'm like, well, do you have it segmented so you know who your most important people are? Well, kind of. Well, that doesn't work. Like, you need to be able to, like, yes, we have those identified, and here's our plan to move forward to make sure that because those people are either being recruited away to go to another company or if they're a client, there's other people you know, other vendors that would love to have them as a client. And so they're not, you know, there's people knocking on their door. So how are we going to lay out the next 12, 18, 24, 36 months and say, how am I going to show the love? Not just talk about it. Like everybody says they love their clients. Where's your, like, let me see your budget. Like, what are you investing in those relationships and how is it different? And if you don't have the people identified and you don't lay out and, and understand what their value is currently and what their lifetime value is, then you're just throwing money at like, you're just throwing darts at a dartboard. Right. Like most people are like, oh, what do we spend on gifts? I don't know. Like there's $10,000. Go, go see what you can do with it. And they delegate it to an assistant and they divide whatever their list of relationships is, their entire CRM, say it's a thousand people by $10,000. And they're like, I guess we have $10 to spend. Well, that's not strategic. You know, if relationships are your most important asset, then you have to have operationally laid out. Here's who our most important people are. Identify them, evaluate them, know what their value is, and then lay out what the plan is going to be proactively. So when you when you go into the year, you already know. Like we budgeted this much, 
And then most of the time we tell people 80% should be predetermined. And then 20% is when you find out somebody wants a sauna, like you, I didn't know that going into my year, but I budget 20% for what I call the crazy one-offs. For you, it might be like, hey, one of my clients' kids just got into Harvard. I didn't know that was going to happen, but I better have budgeted resources. So when that happens, my team is already like empowered to say like, take care of them. Because you hear these little things like somebody's sick or somebody passes away or whatever. So really like having a relationship action plan says we're going to be proactive and lay out what the plan's going to be. And what our company does is help people do that. And then we execute it for them. But most of the things we do, if somebody wanted to, they could go do it on their own. It's just a matter of planning it just like they do any other part of their operational plan. Got it. So for those that are uh, of us listening that are married, I mean, most people aren't like me, right? They, I've probably already gone out and got my Valentine's Day gift for my wife coming up. <laughs> and my wife's listening to this. She's saying, yeah, right. <laughs> she knows that's not true. What would you say? Do you do that? Do you help spouses? I mean, do you do that stuff for husbands and wives and what we gift? I do it, I, I do it as a favor for cl- good clients and close buddies. But in general, now th- what's interesting about gifting and business is the bar so low that you don't have to do that much to get above the bar. In an interpersonal relationship like a marriage, the bar is set <laughs> high. Right. Like, you know, you did, especially if you courted them well and you, you know, the engagement and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they, if you're married and it's your wife and they have a couple kids or in your case, you got what, four kids? Four kids. Yeah, yeah I got three. I, I mean, I'm thinking about gifting year round for my wife. Um, because you can't be the gift guy and then suck at home, which, yeah, no. which, which I've done, which I did the first, you know, in all transparency, first three years of marriage, I left nothing in the gas tank for home. It doesn't go over real well. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I'll give people like a lot of the principles of making the gift personalized and making it a surprise. And those things that we talk about in the book will apply to your personal life, but to pick out gifts for people's wives and husbands, that's, uh, that's, that's an area, that's a part of the sandbox that we don't play in all, all that often. It's, it's too hard to scale right. that. I think a lot of times, too, that's not about money, right? That's just about love and the relationship. Yeah, thoughtfulness. Yeah. So what, uh, what makes you successful in the business world now? Obviously, there's, there's big, big decisions you have to make from a big company, and you're traveling all over the world speaking, and you know, there's certain contracts, obviously, you're trying to get, and you still send the gift, and it may not work. Kind of let's flip it from the gifting standpoint to John Rulin as a businessman. What do you do to stay successful, to stay hungry, stay motivated, and keep fighting every day? Yeah, well, I think that, um, one, I have three daughters, so that motivates me personally. I mean, it's uh, you start thinking about weddings and colleges and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say I've realized I'm good at relationships and ideas, you know, vision. And so I sold half the business about uh, eight years ago to somebody who's more financially oriented, more CFO, COO mindset. And I make way more money off of owning half of a business and doing what I'm good at and delegating the other stuff. And so I have, you know, I basically have three assistants that kind of surround me. Um, they take care of execution of things because I, I understand the details are important and I listen for details. But you don't want the you don't want me executing the details. Like right. I'm the big per- picture person. And so I think that understanding what I'm good at and being okay with delegating um, has been huge. Um, and I think that for us, you know, writing the book was a massive decision for us to say, we're not going to just going to be a service company. We need to be the thought leader in the space. We've been doing it for a long time. And so putting together the, the, the procedures so we could write the book and then now we're gonna have educational courses and whatever else. So I think that, uh, thinking term, like how do we put our flag in the ground and, and be the person who is thought of whether, um, no matter what happens in the economy or whatever else, like we are the go-to gift people, even from an educational perspective has been huge for us. And that's, 
a lot of the speaking engagements at conferences and, and associations and industry events, I'm teaching the same things I was five years ago, but because it's in a book now, magically, like people take you different, you know, more seriously and way, way, way different. More doors are opening. So it's about team. It's about people. No question. Um, what would you say from a book standpoint? Let's talk about the book. So what would you say the big takeaways or keys that you want people to get from that book? Well, I, th- I think one of the big things is that there is a strategic advantage to gifting. Um, and whether that's gifting a tangible gift or just being what, what we call radically generous, like there is a, you know, whether you believe in the Bible or not, like this, the stuff that we're talking about is centuries, thousands of years old. Like it's biblical stuff and Proverbs and Old Testament stuff. And what we are talking about is we're just shining a spotlight on wisdom and principles that have been around for a long time that in our digital age of 2017 that we forgot and that we think we're too busy, the old school stuff actually becomes more relevant. You know, the handwritten note doesn't cost very much, costs a little bit of your time, a little bit of thoughtfulness. One of the best gifts on the planet because right now a text message or a Facebook message is so easy. And so the core of giftology, yes, it's gifting, but really it's a mindset of how do you become more grateful and more thoughtful in all areas of your business, whether it's with your kids, your employees. And if we can inspire people to do that, which we've heard from people in Vietnam and Australia and places I have no presence that like literally relationships are changing as a result of the core values of the book, I'm a happy camper. That feels good. feels really good. So everybody can find the book on Amazon, any bookstore you can think of, it's out there. Yeah. It's an awesome, awesome book. So do you think, I mean, as the world continues to grow and it's fast paced and all the, the electronic stuff that we have and apps, and are you seeing the world changing from a gifting standpoint with what people were doing 16 years ago versus what they're doing today? What's What's been the biggest difference? Well, I think that um, people are becoming less thoughtful. Um, gift cards have grown in mm. massive value. And I think, you know, we actually created a, a resource for, um, you know, for your listeners that the 10 worst gifts um, to avoid and, and gift cards are on that. We created, if you go to giftology.com slash Brett, you can get the free download and see what the 10 worst gifts are. But I think people, because of the speed of digital stuff, that they're becoming less thoughtful because of the distractions, the noise. It's just so much easier to communicate digitally. So we we see a, a small segment of people. There's like the five-minute journal that came out where it's trying to get people like back to the old school basics of being grateful, showing, you know, handwritten note, meeting people face to face. I I think conferences and events are as popular as they ever have been because people are craving one-to-one communication, even as big as the world is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think even us today doing this face to face, I mean, you said you do interviews all over the world and this is, I think you said the first one you've done face to face. One, one, yeah. Like less than five out of, you know, you know, dozens have been face to face, but the vibe feels different when you can look people in the eye. Right. With all these microphones and everything here, right? <laughs> so what? Um, so the world's changing. It's getting faster. It's getting more. We're getting less thoughtful, which is which is scary. So how do you how do you develop those key partnerships? So obviously, besides just sending the sauna for our listeners that may not have the money to go out and do that stuff, how do you what are you doing to make a difference and make a name for yourself right now? Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I mentioned it before, but it doesn't. It's not a money thing. Um, you know, one of the guys that uh, that really blew me away. I used to make fun of mugs. I'd be like if I, somebody gives me a, another mug, like I'm just going to go off. Like, right. you know, people think it's, oh, well, I put M&Ms inside. And so I used to make fun of mugs. I'm like, yeah, it's a, everybody drinks out of a mug, but they drink out of one mug at a time. And so one guy went out of his way. He was a clay maker, and he made me this handmade mug for me and my wife. Now, they're like $200 mugs. They're not cheap. But it tells my entire life story. And I've told this story on, like, multiple podcasts. I've mentioned it in, like, Forbes articles. Now, 
it's one of the most thoughtful things. I use it every single day, but it's be, the thought that went into it. it took five hours to make. Wow. And so I think that um, what, no matter what size business you are, I think that it's oftentimes figuring out ways to be um, different with those resources. Like I spend $3 on my business card, which people think, oh my gosh, you're going to go broke. I'm like, what did you spend on a cup of coffee today? They're like three, four, five bucks. I'm like, did you think you're going to go broke? I'm like, nope. I'm like, even when I mentioned the $3 business card at Google, they were like freaking out. But it's taking- It's a really it, cool business card, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I mean- Tell our, so, so you wrote me a note one time and, and it, it shows up in this package, right, in the mail at, at my office. And I'm like, what is this? And I open it up and it's like- uh, Piece of steel. It, yeah, it's a piece of steel, but it's like the size of like not an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, but probably five- Six by, by nine. Yeah, yeah, six by nine. And it's steel. Right. It's got your logo on it and you've handwritten the note and then your business cards in there. Tell our listeners about that. Yeah, it's a, it costs eight or nine dollars, which most people can can afford eight or nine bucks. I don't care what level of business you're in. Even if you're a sales rep, which I really was when I was in college, like you, it's a matter of investing your own resources to grow your own business and treating it like your own. And so I feel like there's very few touch points that you have with people. And most people follow our followers. They're sheep and they're like, well, this person has a, they spend five cents on their business card, so I'm going to spend five cents. Or maybe if they're feeling like crazy, they spend six cents. And our feeling is one of the questions we talk about in the book and when I speak is Paul, my original mentor, he had the mindset of what's the most I can do. Most people have a, a mindset when they're gifting, whether it's a, a relationship personally, like at a, a graduation or a wedding, like we, we think in our head silently, we think what's the least I can get away with and not be looked like as a schmuck. <laughs> And so when you have the mindset of what's the most I can do, not what's the industry say or what's the whatever, like what's the most I can do, all of a sudden those, you know, those strings go away and you can like start to think crazy. And I, and I remember my first business card, I, I made a goal of I wanted a dollar business card. And people, like all my friends, they were like, you're, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're going to go broke. But when I found it and made it and handed it out to like a CEO of like a Fortune 50 company at Lowe's, he looked at it in our conversation – completely changed before he was thinking about the nachos and the luxury suite that we we're in after they got the card he was like i've never seen anything like this what do you do again a dollar changed the conversation because that dollar most people were used to spending two cents so sure. it was a 50x a increase so we look for ways to take little things that most people think are meaningless and that's where we go all in and where everybody's like trying to compete over dinners like why is your morton's dinner any better than the Ruth Chris dinner that you went out to the other night before, like most people go out to dinner and they spend a lot of money, but it just becomes like one dinner after another dinner. It becomes noise. So we look for the ways where everybody's going cheap. We go expensive, expensive, $3 for a business card. And because of that, we stand out. And, and sometimes with, you know, I could spend $300 on a gift and I still don't get the same response as I get when somebody sees that $9 letterhead. Yeah, that was amazing. That was really cool. Um, so what's something that right now that people are doing that you think, man, this is a game changer for them? What's the kind of the coolest thing you've seen lately going out that people are thinking about? Um, well, I, I, I'll, I'll give a plug for the guys that helped me with my book. I think everybody in their heart, in the business, they're like, hey, my story is worthwhile. I want to write a book. But they never get around to it. And I felt the same way. I, t I worked on my book for five years and got 10% done. But if you want to be a thought leader in the space and an expert, I mean, a book is kind of like ground zero. Like you want to be different than the other 99 competitors, a book's different. And so they're out of Austin. They, they're entrepreneurs and they helped me write a book in less than five months. All my ideas. Now the kicker is instead of sitting down in front of a keyboard, they interviewed me 
took me 15 hours of interviews that I could even do while I was driving. And they transcribed it. I work with an editor, make sure it's all my thoughts, ideas. They help me organize it. So instead of it taking a couple years to write a book, that's I'm not talking about a vanity book. I'm talking about like when somebody reads it, they're like, this is really good. It cost me 20 grand. Now, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would that, like coming out of college, whatever else. But $20,000 to be the thought leader in the space is a pretty good ROI. That's and a heck so, of an investment. Yeah. So the guys from Book in a Box, I, I, I owe a lot to them. I'm super grateful for, for them and for, uh, for open, you know, for showing me kind of the way and, and helping me get out there. That's been a huge, huge win. What's the uh, electronics? Let's have some fun here and talk about some questions that uh, I like to ask a lot of our listeners. So one electronic or maybe an app or something like that that John Ruland can't live without that's helped kind of not necessarily change your life per se, but it's it's something you couldn't live without. And don't give me your normal just iPhone or iPad type answer. <laughs> um, the CRM that we're playing around with right now that we really love uh, is kind of a, a CRM slash relationship management um, that's different. It's called Contactually. And what's unique about them, obviously they're cloud-based, whatever else, but they, they help store introductions. So if I want to make an introduction with somebody, it's super easy based upon the flow of the software. And it allows you, it's, it, they basically have gamified the idea of filtering through your contacts and the gamification they put, put it, it's, they call it the bucket game. And normally it's like, just miserable to try to weed through a bunch of contacts because you're trying to introduce me to somebody else in your contact for whatever reason. Yep. Yeah. And so it makes it super easy to filter through all of your contacts and keep track of them and then also make introductions, which awesome. is big for us. What's uh what's the game changer for 2017 for the ruling group? What's uh, what's on your guys's list of things that you want to accomplish this year? Yeah. So we, um, we want to make it easier to be more thoughtful. And so we're looking at a, uh, a software company, that would allow that would weave in the thoughtfulness that we talk about personalization, whatever else, but that with a push of a button, you could literally make ten thousand di- different recommendations for ten thousand gifts. Wow! And so click uh, of a button, click of a button. And so there's a company out of Boston that we're looking at possibly investing in. That uh, some really smart guys that are building out this. They're a startup, but um, that's we're looking at those kind of ideas. Like how do we go, you know, a hundred x and without necessarily hiring you know, a couple hundred people right? and and still keep the core values of, of what we're teaching. So what, what would you say right now are the, you know, you live a high fast paced life, right? You're traveling, you got your wife, you've got kids, you've got your business. Um, but you know, every time I see you, man, you got great energy, you're smiling, you're having a blast. And, and I know the old saying, right? If you find out what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But yep. so obviously you got that, you love what you do. You can't argue that there's no doubt about it. But what, what do you do? What are your habits? What are your uh, things to keep your energy high and keep your day going? Yeah. So I um, would say that my, my health has taken a backseat the last couple of years. And, and I always had on my list of like 10 goals for the year, like health, getting in the best shape of my life. This year I've made one goal and it was, I want to be happy and healthy at a certain weight. And um, because of that, I'm up at 430 every day, either playing basketball or working out. And, uh, and it just changes, it, it filters down into everything. You know, it just starts my day way earlier than I would normally, you know, I normally get up at six. Now I'm up at 4.30 and, and just kind of the trajectory, my energy, all of that, all my decisions um, are kind of filtered through that one goal. And, uh, and because of that, it's, uh, that's a big thing for me right now. So I just got tired hearing that, right? Saying 4.30. So w- walk me, walk our listeners through 
how do you make that switch, right? Because I could say that today, okay, I'm going to get up at 4.30, I'm going to just work on this weight goal or this whatever, but the alarm goes off and it's you and that loud, annoying noise. How do you get up? Yeah, well, I, I, um, I drive, I'm driving to Clayton. I, you know, we're in Edwardsville here. I'm right. driving to Clayton, but I, I'm paying for a top-notch guy that I actually respect, not just his knowledge on working out, but food and everything. Um, there's a great energy. It's kind of a group training while having a, you know, an individualized plan, but I'm, pen, you know, it's like anything else. Like when you spend $20,000, you write the book, you make the time. All of a sudden, magically your calendar gets really open when you've committed resources. And I've done the same thing. I've prepaid for these workouts, um, over in Clayton. And because of that, like all of a sudden, like 4:30 comes out, uh, comes around and I'm there, but it's also like, you know, because of that, I'm going to bed earlier because of that, we got rid of cable and we're not watching TV because of, like there's just a bunch of noise anyway. There's a bunch of noise. Yeah. So, so when you, when you go, you know, it's, it's one thing to kind of sort of commit. It's another thing to say, like, I only have one goal and I'm telling a lot of people about it. And so people are going to look at me and say like, dude, it's, you know, halfway through the year, where are you at? Um, so that accountability is absolutely is, is massive. So those are some of the things. We've yeah, done. You, it's been about people. It's been about accountability and a couple of things today. And I've found that too. The more I've gone public with my goals and the things that I want to accomplish, it's just like you you got to do it right. And so you're transparent. You tell people, and then it's like, holy smokes! If I don't do this now, you're going to look kind of goofy, kind of silly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because I find we got a couple guys. I won't mention their names on the podcast, but we're doing this uh, workout as well. And so, but what I found is it wasn't paying the money. I mean, yeah, we're paying a little bit of money for the classes and all that stuff. But the point is, is that I know I've got four other guys waiting on me in the morning. I got to go. Yeah. Right. Set accountability. Um, all right. Well, that's good, man. That's very good. So, what's your purpose? What's your long term vision, values? What do you see yourself uh, doing long, long term in this deal? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, for me, you know, talking to my girls like that understanding um i how, want how them, old are they again uh six four and one okay uh so the oldest one two years ago when i, I asked her like what is you know what does dad do and, and her response was you help people love on people and so i think whether that is through gifting or other things like i love business and i love the relationships i mean that's the core of who we are and um i feel like i've been blessed with a lot so from a faith background and perspective like I, you know, when, when, uh, when my ticker's up, yeah, I want to look and say like, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Like that's the goal. And I want my kids to have seen that and witnessed that, um, and for them to carry that on as well. And so, um, you know, 50 years from now, will I still have the gifting business? I don't know. Like 50, you know, the world is changing really, really fast right now. And so I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I know at a core level, helping people, loving on people, um, relationships. Uh, I think that, uh, that that's going to be a part of what I'm doing for, uh, until, you know, I'm not around to do it anymore. So that's your definition of success then for sure. Yep. So we talk about circuit of success, uh, on the podcast here that, you know, again, the top left is, um, is attitude. Top right is your belief. Bottom right is your activity to be successful. And then the bottom left is your results. And so let's really quickly go through, one thing, if you said, hey, I got to work on my attitude to stay positive, stay strong, what's John Rulin's uh, example of a great attitude? I, I think that uh, something I teach my daughters is, is uh, you know, what I do every day is I, I go help people solve problems. I'm a problem solver. And, and I get excited about figuring out ways to, to think about things differently. And so that's, you know, at a core level, if you look at every, op- you know, every problem as an opportunity to, to do things differently and accomplish things and help other people like that problem solving mentality. Um, 
you know, when you get hit upside the head, like that's what kind of recenters me. Like what's the most I can do here and to change it. Right. And, uh, that keeps me positive. So what's the one belief, uh, that you think that nobody to your core, you believe in this and nobody could change that opinion. Um, again, all based around being successful. And again, our listeners define their own success, right? But yeah. what's that one belief for you to be successful? Um, it, it's around giving. I think, you know, from a faith perspective, you cannot give God. Um, and I think that, uh, when you give more than is reasonable, like over time, it comes back tenfold, it's just how the world's wired. Yep. And activity wise, what's the, what's the one thing I know, and, and we've talked a lot about that already, but what's some of the activity do you think you got to do this? If you're listening to this, you got to do this to be successful. Yeah. I think, uh, the core of why I win is, is follow up. Um, I think that, uh, I landed the Cubs after seven years of pursuing them gift after gift, note after note, meeting after meeting, right. um, that tenacity and follow up, you know, being pleasant with it, not annoying. But uh, I think you win, you know, most of the gold is in the follow-up. It's not in the initial action. It, I almost can't say that, the C word you just said. It's really hard for me to talk about that team that you mentioned. See, I can't even talk about them. But I think people hear that, right? Uh, the, my friends all know. I'm a huge, huge Cardinal fan. And, uh, I know, I know. And, and you are too probably. But when the Cubs call, you go. Right? Yeah. And so uh, – but – a lot of us would look at that and say that's just overnight success, right? And I think that's really cool. Seven years you had to work to get that relationship. A couple of my biggest relationships, the largest home builder in the country out of Dallas, Texas, or out of Fort Worth, seven years. There's something about when you're year seven. Willing, uh, yeah, the year seven. I don't know. It's weird. Um, it just has happened that way with some of our biggest relationships. It's just taken a long time. Well, I think it's perseverance, right? There's a fine line between being really annoying and being persevering, right? And And so I've got a guy right now that's calling me about stuff and, you know, I have not listened to him, but he keeps sending me stuff, and I'm like, he, the guy believes. So I think a lot of that is just belief, and uh, it gets me thinking maybe maybe I should take a meeting with him. Yeah, and there's no question. I think that uh, anybody that's been successful that you're going after as a client, they've had to do the same thing. Right. Like they've had to persevere, and I think it, you know it's better to be pleasantly persistent than annoyingly you know persistent. But um, that persistence, that grit, is uh, that's. That's part of the secret sauce, at least for us. Yep, absolutely. Last one on the uh, on the circuit of success of uh, of the four pillars uh, results. I think um, you know we very rarely lose an employee, and I think that um, it's because we treat our internal customers, which is our employees, at the same level or better than we do our external clients. And because of that, they take care of people that we don't we don't have turnover, and um, and they love on people well. And, and I think that that's a huge. For any company, when you're able to uh, to take care of your employees really, really well, it's uh, the results kind of start to take care of themselves. All right, as we wind down here, we got a few minutes left. We're going to talk about. I give you ten million dollars today. Okay, you cannot invest it in like you know normal investment stuff we do for a living. You can't do it with us. You can't put it in the bank, and you can't uh, you know pay off debt or whatever houses, all that stuff, and you cannot donate it. So lots of rules with this ten million. What's John Rulin doing? What am I doing with the $10 million? Yeah. Um, most of my investment at this point has been in businesses like myself, and so giving people an opportunity to, to grow, and so investing in small entrepreneurs. Like, okay. that's, that's what I, I love, and that's where I, I understand it. I feel like long-term, um, that's where, it's some of the best ROI for me personally and how I feel, um, but also long-term ROI is for um, – just overall returns is, is really solid. So that's where a lot of it's going. I think it's cool, too. Our listeners will start to see this theme as I ask that same question to everybody. 
because it is building a theme here. And most people are saying investing back in themselves and investing in other companies. Right? Nobody's, I mean, rarely is anybody saying I'm going to, you know, St. Thomas and going to sit on the beach for the rest of my life and have my, you know, my, my house down there. It's about investing in others and doing. A lot of people, I mean, I, I, some mentors of mine out of Phoenix, they sold their company for, you know, over a hundred million bucks and they saw all of their friends at the country club golfing every day and they were miserable. And they're like, we're not going to do that. Right. And they started to invest in young guys like me and others. Um, and that's what's brought them, you know, a lot of fulfillment is saying, hey, I'm going to pour into other people. And not that they don't take some nice trips, and I'm sure I would too, but that's not the first thing that comes to mind. Like, right. I, you know, I'll go take a nice trip right now. Like, I'm planning trips with family and want to make sure that I'm living life, not just waiting for, you know, whatever retirement's supposed to be, um, which I think is not a, you know, definitely not in the Bible. And it's like, what, the word retirement just seems like a silly concept. Like, I want to live life, you know, good through uh, my old age, not wait until some date. So, yeah, the, that didn't even cross my mind. Right. Yeah, I think as you get more and more successful, right, you, you keep climbing that ladder of success, it becomes less about the stuff because you do the stuff, right? Whatever the stuff is, you do it. So now it's let's invest and make something great, right? Build a legacy, build an impact. Yep. Uh, besides giftology, of course, what's uh, what's two or three books you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah, yeah. Um, so one was written by a mentor of mine. If you're looking at growth and how to scale a business, Double Double. It's by a guy named Cameron Harold. Fantastic book. Um, another one that's been really inspiring me, kind of understand how, you know, that there's givers, takers, excuse me, and matchers in the world. It's called Give and Take, written by a uh, professor, uh, one of the high, most highly rated professors out in Wharton, um, called Adam, his name's Adam Grant. So Give and Take and, uh, and Double Double are two that I recommend and send out a ton. Any other final messages you want to send our li- our listeners off with? No, Brett. This is uh, this has been great, man. Awesome. I, uh, you know, I encourage people to uh, to test out the concepts that we're we're talking about. Like, take you know, and, and usually we recommend our clients a three year window. Give radically for three years, and and uh, come back to me if uh, if it didn't pay off. Yeah, because I think you know some people write, I'm gonna send that one gift, and they they think that should be the deal. And it's not the deal. That's not how it works. So where can our listeners find you? I know you mentioned earlier there was a website they could go to to get some stuff about the show today. Yep. Give us that. Uh, Where can we find you on all the social media, website, all that stuff? Yeah, they can go to, uh, yeah, as far as that free download on the PDF, 10 Worst Gifts, go to giftologybook, all one word, dot com slash Brett, so B-R-E-T-T. Um, they can go to ruling group if they want to learn about like some of the projects we've done with the Cubs and some other big, you know, R H U L I N. Yeah. R U H. Yeah. R U H. Yeah. Yeah. R U H L I N group. All one word. Then go to John to learn about our keynotes and speaking at conferences and sales summits and whatever else. Um, and of course, Twitter at Ruland, you know, some of the, the fun social media stuff, but those, those core websites are where a lot of our free info is. Well, I love your passion, man. I love your energy and I appreciate what you're doing out in the business world and, and just making a difference. You're doing a great job. Keep up the awesome work. Let us know what we can do to help. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.